0: My first scripture reading comes from Mark uh, chapter eight, verses thirty-one through thirty-eight. And Jesus just got through healing a blind man and he's walking with his disciples and he starts talking to him about things. Actually, I'm gonna start at verse 27. Yeah, verse 27. Mark 8, verse 27. Because, you know, it's just a couple verses away from where I was going to start at, but this needs to be in here. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Who do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. Some said, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom say you that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected. Rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spoke that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. The word of God for the children of God and all of God's children said, Amen. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for your words of life. Father, I pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. As I was going through this, I was thinking, wow, this is, this is some heavy stuff here what Jesus' was telling his disciples. And he wasn't just talking to his disciples. If you see, he, 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 everybody that was there. And, and a lot of people would get offended at that. Because what, what's he saying? Who, if you deny yourself, What's, what's this mean? And what did it mean for the disciples? I mean, they were with him, and they seen the miracles and stuff, and then he's telling them to deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow me, is what he said. And see, he hasn't went to the cross yet. This is before the cross. And so, you know, you think that would bring a little bit of confusion. What's he talking about? Pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your life and follow the Lord. Is it going to be about what you want? What you can gain in the world? I mean, if we look at it this way, look what, how the disciples were when Jesus called them. They were fishing. Some of them were fishing. They were in boat, boats with their dad. The sons of Zebedee, they were out there fishing and Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they dropped everything. Now, I'm not saying that you just drop your profession to follow Jesus. But that's what he called these guys to do. To walk with him. To, to, to pick up their cross and follow him. And they didn't understand it. Just like a lot of us don't. And I'm still working on it. Sometimes it's a lifetime to figure out what this means. But it, I feel like it just means let your, life, let your life glorify the Lord. Even in your mistakes. Even in your wrongdoings. You can still glorify the Lord when you repent and turn to God and let him make something beautiful out of what the enemy was trying to destroy. And that's what Jesus is all about. And that's what he did with the disciples. But what it looked like to follow him? And we think about it. I've been studying this last week on what happened to the disciples. Each one of them. Now a few of them, they just speculate, but every one of them gave their life. For the gospel. They denied themselves. They could have said, okay, Jesus rose from the dead. Everything's cool. We'll just go start a church in Jerusalem and hang out there and go back to fishing. And you got to have a livelihood. But God was telling these guys, as you step out in faith, as you serve me, I will provide for your needs. So that's what it looks like to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. With these guys anyways. They let their lives glorify God. They didn't, they didn't worry about materialism. They didn't worry about stuff like that. They did until Jesus called them out of it. Pick up your cross and follow me. You know, as I think about that, it's like sometimes it's, it's difficult to let go of certain things. To let go of things that are so familiar to us our jobs and stuff, but don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that God wants you to quit your job and be a preacher. I mean, a lot of people will go to extremes and do stuff like that. But maybe at your job that you're in, God wants to use you as a light. And maybe not as a preacher, just someone who's there to love and to be there for people that are hurting. To, to, to let them know that, hey man, it's alright to be broken. It's alright to mess up. Because that's part of being human. We're all going to do it. Even the, even the greatest preachers, even Mother Teresa, you know, she, thought, she said she was, and this is what she actually thought of herself. She said that she's like the worst sinner she ever knew. That's how humble she was. And we all know what she did. She gave her life to serve the poor in Calcutta. She went there and she lived with them. She cast all of her earthly riches and she went and lived with these people and served them right there where they was at. So that's what God's calling us to do. Serve right where we're at. To take up our cross. To, to be that light to the brokenness around us. Instead of condemning the, the ones that are having a hard time. Saying, well, if you would get your life free, if you'd do this or if you'd do this. No. Say, man, I, I feel you. I've been there. I know how it is. I know how, you, I know how it is. But it, it, let Jesus help you. Let the Holy Spirit pick you up and guide you and direct you. Because God is faithful to His Word. Deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow Jesus. You know, I, I'm guilty of not denying myself a lot in my life. You know, I, I, I'm guilty of it. I've, sometimes I'd rather not you know, it's like, well, God, you know, I know you wanted me to go do this, but I got other plans. I want to go do this. And it, it's, if it just, you know, this is my attitude sometimes. is my worst enemy. It's, it's not about that I, I don't want to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. I've, I'm not in the mood at that time to go bless somebody, to go st- to show them life and love. I'm too wrapped up in my own selfishness, and, you know, this, this takes a lot to confess this because it's, it's a way of life. I, I, I get out of my, you know, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. But God has called us to do that. To get out of our comfort zone, to go comfort someone else. That's been beat down by the world and beat down by the church. You know, there's a lot of that going on in our world. Where people's taking their cross and they're beating people down with their cross. Instead of lifting people up. Letting them know, hey, we all blow it. We all miss the mark. You know, I may not have missed the mark today, but tomorrow's coming. And that's, that's the kind of attitude we got to have. Not that we got everything perfected, but that we're pressing forward. We're, we're moving forward to that mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Pressing forward, and you're forgetting the things from behind. And keep pushing forward to, to raise that standard of Jesus Christ's love for all humanity, for all, for everybody. Not just a certain people. He came for the whole world. And he demonstrated what it was like to pick up your cross and follow him. That's why he always prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And that's what he was teaching his disciples. And then you come down to this part here. It says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, also shall the Son of Man be ashamed. When the Father, when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And and you think about that right there, denying Jesus in front of people. And you think about that h- harsh judgment, Jesus said, I will deny him also. Shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. But then we see where Jesus co- contradicted what he said. Peter, remember what Peter did? When he was standing by the fire and they rested Jesus and they had him in there questioning him and uh, Peter's out warming himself by the fire and someone said, hey, ain't you, wasn't you one of the disciples? would not you with Jesus? You know him. He's like, I never knew the man. I don't know what you're talking about. He did it three times. Denied Jesus. But what did Jesus do? Was Jesus ashamed of him? You know, when he denied it that third time, and the rooster crowed, it, in, the, in the Bible it talks about they were bringing Jesus out of, the, out of the chamber, and he was in the court, main court, and he looked Peter right in the eye right when he denied him. And the rooster crowed. Can you imagine how that would feel? You deny Jesus, and he looks you right in the eye and says, I told you, you're going to do this. What would come to my mind is what he said when you deny him in front of people. That he would deny you in front of the Father, or the angels. But Jesus didn't. Jesus forgave him. Peter was destroyed right then and there. He knew that, oh man, I blew it. And and he went and he wept and he wept and he wept and he repented and he's like, oh, you know. And he didn't kill himself like Judas did, but Peter was very, very broken. And Jesus restored him. Instead of casting him away, like he said. I'm not saying that's an excuse for us to deny. The Lord, But I'm just saying sometimes you're going to be put in situations in your life where you're going to either stand up for what you believe or you're going to cower back and let other people mock your Lord or mock you for believing. Now, I'm not saying it happens a lot, but I'm just saying some days you might have to stand for your faith. And are you going to worry about what man says, what the world says? Or are you going to worry about what God thinks? You're going to stand on that Holy Spirit, the boldness that God has given us. To stand up. To let your life be a testimony of God's goodness. That God does take beat up people, sinful people, and make them something beautiful. That God can take a, an alcoholic, a drug abuser, anything, a murderer. Look what He did with the disciples. Look what He did with the patriarchs in the Old Testament. I mean, they were, none of them was good. I mean, they all had bad histories. But God still could take that person and take that heart of stone, turn it into a heart of flesh, and mold it and shape it into something that He can use for His glory. And there's a testimony right there. When you see that life changed, when you see that life come from hating, to loving, to forgiving, to, to put yourself in that person's situation instead of beating them down. And I think of this, this uh, one scripture here, where well, we read it last week or the week before, where this guy was filled with the devil and he said, oh, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. He's come here, you know. The devil was talking through this guy. And you know, nowadays, we see demonic-filled people, we're like, they need to go to prison, man. We need to do something with these guys. Put them in a house, put them in a home, kill them. You know, really. But Jesus set them free. He, he got rid of that devil. And that person was in their right mind, like, what's going on here? What happened? And see, that's where people are at today in the world that we live in. They're bound up and confused. And the enemy's got them all bound up and confused where they can't see the light. They don't understand it. And when the church people come around, they don't do nothing but condemn them. Tell them how bad they are, how wicked they are, how they're going to go to hell instead of loving them like Jesus did. We've got to be light. Pick up your cross. When you pick up your cross, that's what you're going to look like. You're going to look like Jesus. You're going to have that compassionate heart. You're going to have that forgiving spirit of people saying, man, I've done the same thing. I've been down that road. And Jesus helped me. He got my feet on solid ground again. And just because I'm on solid ground right now don't mean I can't slip and fall later on. Because we're human. That's why we need each other to, to, to build each other up. To be there for each other. To show broken people in the world... This is how the church is. We're broken just like you, but we got a Savior. we got a Savior that tells us, hey, everything's going to be alright, and I'll help you. And I, I will strengthen your inner man. And, and I will be your strength in the weakness, in your weakness. That's, that's what being a Christian's about. Not about being holier now and thinking, look at me. Look how good I am. Don't even go there. You know, that, that, that kind of that makes God want to puke. It's pathetic. We've always got to remember how Jesus treated his disciples. And he kind of got stern with them right here. You know, he did. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. What does that mean? Whosoever save his life shall lose it. What does that mean? Well, think about it. Peter. When they said, you know him. We've seen you with him, you're speaking. No, I don't know. I'm, I, he was saving his life. He was saving his life because he was thought, you know, if they think I was with Jesus, they're going to string me up with him. And, you know, that's a normal human emotion. But look how merciful Jesus was to that. He forgave him and let him know. Because remember what Peter said I'd go, there ain't, I ain't let nothing happen. I ain't, you know, I'll stop him, Lord, you know. I'll take a sword, no. And, and what Jesus do? Let's let's read that scripture again. If I can find it. Yeah. Okay, I can't find it, but I'll just tell you, it's in my heart. I just read it. Where, where they was coming after Jesus, and or Jesus was telling what he had to do. In fact, here it is. (laughs) Sometimes I have a brain fart, folks. (laughs) And he spoke and saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Because Jesus said, the elders and the chief priests and scribes are going to be killed. The Son of Man is going to be killed and after three days, rise again. And he spoke that saying openly, and then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. And some of the other gospels that tells you what Peter said. And, and when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And so, you know, Peter, the big talker, I ain't this one, this is not going to happen. I'm going to stop it. And Peter actually thought he was doing right. But the enemy was speaking through him, trying to stop what Jesus had to do. You know, and, and see, that's, that's the way life is. We think, well, if this was changed, maybe this would have happened this way, but things are happening for a reason. There's a purpose behind the madness. And sometimes when we try to stop what God's doing, we're doing the work of the devil. And Peter didn't even know it. He thought he was saving Jesus. That was his plan. I'm not going to let this happen to you. And so that's what I tell myself, that there's a plan in madness of things. There's a plan in, in someone close to you passing there's a plan, I, and I don't understand it all, but we still gotta take up our cross and follow Jesus and knowing that he, he's got this covered. He'll reveal his secret plans as long as we keep our focus on Jesus and on what he has called us to do. And what does he, he say? Love God, love people. If we stay in those boundaries, if we can stay there, and, you know, and like I said, we are gonna stumble sometimes. That, that is part of picking up your cross and following him. But not to be ashamed of Jesus. Not be ashamed of the gospel. Because we're living in a time and age where, where science thinks they're so smart that they call this, this a lie. Well, they're the ones lying. Because they don't know the truth. They, they refuse the truth. and Because they have the wrong spirit. And you know, like Jesus even told His disciples whenever they, whenever, uh, they wanted to call down fire on this, on this town that didn't want to receive Jesus, and, and Jesus said, <coughs> "You know not. You know not what spirit you are. The Son of Man has come to save life, not destroy lives. So that's what we got to be about, as His church, to help save life. The most horrible, brokenest person, point him to Jesus, let him know God loves them. right there in their mess. You know, and you know that's what that's what drew Susie and I to God, in our mess." That God so loved the world, He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. There's not a whole lot of church doctrine going on there. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of things that you got to do. But that scripture just says, Whosoever believes in Him would not perish. And then the next verse is even more, just as important. For God sent His Son into the world not to condemn, not to condemn, but to heal that through Him the world might be saved. And you know, I can catch myself condemning. I have. And then God sets me down in my time and reminds me, where'd you come from, Kenny? What struggles do you have in your life? That nobody knows but you and me. Do I condemn you? I'm walking you through these things. What I thought was all right ten years ago, I'm not thinking is alright anymore. See, that's what God does, but see, that's between God and me. Just like what you're going through in your life is between God and you. And don't let no one else tell you what you should be doing. As long as you're seeking the Lord, that's what you should be doing. Keep your focus on Jesus. Take your cross and follow Him. Don't follow the church. Don't follow any person. Follow Jesus. Don't follow the Apostle Paul. Don't follow Peter. Don't follow James. Follow Jesus. Jesus didn't say, Pick up your cross and follow Apostle Paul. He didn't say that. It's not in there. Now there's a scripture in there where Paul says, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, that's Paul. I'm just saying. He's a disciple. And he was an awesome disciple. And he did follow Jesus. But that was his walk. That was the Apostle Paul's walk. We all have our own walk. Our own cross to bear. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8. Actually, Romans chapter 10. And I had wrote down here to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm just going to read 8 through 17. But what saith it, the Scriptures? The word is near thee, even in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, that's, that's pretty simple stuff. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Pick up your cross and don't be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. glad tidings of good things. Not beating people over the head with the Bible and telling them how bad they are. The gospel of peace. Glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now how many of you knew that? That God has peace. The gospel of peace. The good news of peace. Bring glad tidings of good things. Does all preachers preach that? Does all churches show that? You have to be your own judge. But peace. The gospel of peace. The gospel simply means the good news of peace. And Jesus is that peace. He is our peace. He lives in our hearts through the power of His Holy Spirit. Okay, I know it's five after, but we're eating lunch anyway, so I'm going to go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. This is food for the soul. And I'm going to close with this. Okay. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. I'm starting at verse 1. I'm going to do this whole chapter, guys. 22 verses. We're going to go through this. Because this is so good. This is what we need. This is God's. This is the sermon right here. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. See, this goes for everybody, this is for all sinners. Even when you were dead and sins had quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved and hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceedingly riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. In the ages to come. Is that the new millennium? I'm believing that's what he's talking about. In the ages to come. In the new creation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. See, you can't work your way there. It's not of works. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you, being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, Means you were without Jesus. You're walking. You wasn't You didn't pick up your cross. You wasn't following Jesus. You was following yourself. Who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, the flesh made by hands. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. We know a lot of people like that, don't we? They have no hope. they're out without living like there's no God in this world. And they're trying to struggle through this life by themselves, trying to do things on their own. I feel sorry for them. But what it wouldn't say the prince of this world has blinded their eyes, and that's the devil. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, made near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, between God and man. He took that out of the way. Now we got full access to the throne of God. we got full access to God. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinance, for to make in himself of twain one new man, of two, one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, Having slain the enmity, thereby He went to the cross and paid for the sins of the whole world. Old Testament says, curse is anyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus bore that curse for us. He was nailed to that tree for the sins of the world. He who is holy became sin of the world for us because of love. And He came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were near. For through Him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, and in whom also you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, that, that's kind of like this rock wall, you see? This rock wall. Every rock has its purpose. No rock is more important than any other ones. But they all have their purpose, and they form this wall built on a solid foundation. Cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. That's just an example. You know, how this rock wall, this is how God's building His church. But it's people. Some are smaller than others. Some are bigger. Some have a lot to offer. Some... Not so much, you know. Some are little slivers. But they're all part of God's plan. God's building His church. And you are a part of that. You're part of His promises. The covenant promises to Abraham that in you all the world will be blessed. It's what He told Abraham, your seed. That we, we are all a part of those promises in Jesus Christ. You get what I'm saying? That you are valued by God very much valued by the one who created everything you're the apple of his eye let's pray holy father we thank you for your love lord we thank you that you have poured out your holy spirit thank you jesus for coming to this earth for showing us what love really looks like lord each one of us have struggles in our lives help us to pick up our cross and to truly follow you lord and not not count the cost Help us to be bold witnesses of your goodness. Help us to preach that gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things to the hurting world that the prince has got bound and blinded. Help us to be the ones to set the captives free now, Lord, as you have called us to do to seek and save the lost. In Jesus' holy name, let us speak your hands and feet, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.